The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Beyond and hello and welcome once again to IGN's weekly PlayStation show podcast Beyond. I'm your host, Max Scovo. This is episode 819. And shockingly, we have some big, huge, extra slim news to talk about. Uh, <laughs> let's get into that. I'm joined today by Jada Griffin and Brian Altano, my dear yeah. friends. It feels weird to hey. introduce you guys, but here we are. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So yeah, miraculously, Sony posted a blog thing announcing something huge before we recorded, not immediately afterwards. And it is the long rumored PS5 Slim, which is dropping sometime this holiday season for uh, prices. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about it. This is not, exactly yeah. Not even just long rumored, uh, leaked, full on leaked. Like we we covered this a couple weeks ago, uh, where somebody was kind of like just rotating what you know looked like a factory mm. model of this, and we were like, that's odd. So it's just like a smaller PS5, but it has like weird uh, like Oakley segments on the side. Great. Well, you know, could be fake. Who knows? Nope. Totally real. That's exactly the that's exactly what they revealed today. So, yay! Well, yeah. well, theirs didn't theirs didn't have the shiny little metal ring stand at the bottom. That is they true. Have, yeah, this so. is uh, this is definitely a, if you haven't seen it, go look up pictures online or just use the power of your the theater of your mind. Uh, this, yeah, they made this little ring base. I don't know what it. I can't tell what it reminds me of. It's it looks vaguely familiar, but it, it looks, looks nothing. like Aloy's focus a little bit. That's kind it. Of. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, but yeah, it's this little metal ring that you have to clip on the bottom for it to stand up, which makes it seem much more lamp-like than it was. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like a, a like an air purifier, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I uh, guess the, the the big takeaways here is uh, it's basically reduced in size by thirty percent, uh, weight by eighteen percent, and twenty four percent compared to the you know digital or, or physical disc based versions. Um, and it's got four separate cover panels uh but what's interesting too and this was another rumor um yeah there's there's the stand the optional stand which you can now purchase for uh 30 bucks 30 bucks yep okay okay and it's compatible with the old ones <laughs> is that is that it or is it just sold separately yep no it, it no it works uh, with... so so this one so this one is specifically for the new model and it's included but there's a new one that's coming for the older ones as well that will be sold for 30 bucks and i imagine will follow the same kind of design with the metal ring. So what if you don't like the gamer. Wow. So if you don't like the boring black plastic one you have right now, you can give Sony 30 more dollars and get one with a metal ring. Yeah. 
Um, <sighs> you can also buy uh, like rare coins and put them underneath the legs of your table um, in case you don't Ooh. want to look at them. <laughs> like, this is, yeah, this is such yeah. a dumb, such a dumb thing. Um, uh, but yeah, the 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 big takeaway here, like the big TLDR, is that there is a five hundred dollar physical version of the system and a $450 digital version of the system, which means that in America, finally, uh, I say finally, not in an excited way, because I couldn't wait for it. But this, you know, um, creeping increase of, of luxury pricing has finally hit home here in the States. Uh, the PS5 has gotten a price increase just on the digital model. Now, say you get the digital model, you, pen, you spend 450 bucks, $50 more than you could have bought it for yesterday. But it's slightly smaller. But then in a couple of weeks, you get buyer's remorse or something like that. And you're like, I really, I wish I could shove some discs in this thing. Well, good news, because uh, if you have an additional $80, uh, bringing the grand total up to $530, you can get an optional disk drive that you can pop off one of the uh, side panels on this thing, plug in this <laughs> weird beer gut, and then put, put discs in there forever. Um, so thank you, Jim Ryan, for this parting gift before you quit the <laughs> What on earth is this? What it's such is a, happening? It's okay, so, so I don't... So if you want to play discs on your new Slim PS5, it is an yep. extra 50 bucks thereabouts. If you want to do digital stuff, it's 50 bucks less. It's still 50 bucks more than the digital version was at launch and is now for the most part. Uh, but then if you want discs after the fact, it's 80 bucks. What? Yeah. Yep. If you what? so if yeah. it's, it's <laughs> if you want if you want a, a brand new smaller PS5 that plays discs, you can buy one for five hundred dollars with no price increase. It will be smaller than the launch model PS5. Um, but if you want a digital PS5 that plays discs, it will be five hundred and thirty dollars. I, I I guess the only upside here is that maybe the launch PS5s will be cheaper if you buy them refurbished or something. That's an option. Even, well, they so exist. I don't. This is here. Okay, yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, so wait, wait, hold on, hold on. So there is one improvement we should we should call out that it is a bump in storage size. It is now one terabyte. You know, the size of the PS4 Pro when it launched five years ago, eight years ago, right. whatever. Uh, instead of eight hundred and twenty-five, uh, which means that it'll I... probably have actually eight hundred and twenty-five yes, uh, gigs yes. of usable space. You know, because there's always that. Uh, you know, like the, it, the sales tax takes up 800 gigs or yeah, you know, 60 gigs me, or whatever. Yeah. You, whatever. Yeah. 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 No, I, yeah, I, I thought the original said it was a terabyte right off the bat. So like, and like, it's just 825 in general, like the storage is the same it, in my it, mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's yes, what, like, it's, yes. we're getting <laughs> a whole, whole, it's a whole other can of, uh, yeah, very, I mean, the OS takes state up, worms. yeah, uh, a whole, a whole bunch of, but, <sighs> so what, uh, okay, so what's confusing to me is, I swear to God, like, four days ago, Sony launched, uh, like, a whole new line of faceplates for mm -hmm. the launch model PS5s, um, called, it's called, like, the Deep Earth Collection, and they are, like, in American flag colors. Because in the yeah, center that was of the, the world is the, that the that was the red, last, white, and blue. That was the last direct, right? Yeah, yeah. blue, red, and I think the other one's actually silver. But yeah, yeah, it looked white in the in the the direct to me. Yeah. So I totally get that. But yeah, so you know what's the center of the Earth is magma. They could have made a cool neon orange one, but where's the fun in that when you could just have I don't know, just ferrous iron particles? What a thrill! <laughs> yeah. So, <sighs> uh, so those won't work on these. Um, so I guess get those if you want them now. I don't know if they're going to continue to make uh, faceplates or, you know, accessories for the launch model PS5s. You would think so.
because they're constantly bragging about how many they've sold, which they've sold millions and millions. It's been a tremendously successful product. Mm -hmm. This, this to me, and not to be completely cynical about this, but this, this seems like it exists because Sony internally figured out a way to save a ton of money on manufacturing and they're passing those savings on to us, the consumer, um, by increasing the price. So, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we always we always get like a mid a mid cycle refresh. We always get like yeah. a slim version or two in the case of the PS3. And you know, the older version always has it always looks a little older because of that because there's a new thing to compare it to. But mm -hmm. on the bright side, the newer versions usually come with a price cut, or you know, they're the same price but they're new. And in this yeah. case, or comes with a bigger not, hard drive. Yeah, yeah, there's like some that, yeah. yeah, or like a slightly different controller, or you know, it's you know less mm -hmm. cable. I don't know. It, it's yeah, this is kind of a kind of a drag, you know. Uh, it is. It's um because it's. I I don't think it's uh I I don't think it's any better looking. It, it like it's you know it's it's a little less clunky. It still can't lay on its on its side. It can't sleep. You look know at that little kickstand. It look can't sleep on its side without that little. Yeah, what the hell is what that? What is that? <laughs> yeah, it's like they, there's like a little fold fold about. Like a what, like kickstand on a bike? that folds out. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it looks like a bike kickstand. Well, can I for eighty bucks extra? Can I buy pegs so my friend can ride on the side of it? Like, what is this? You can, yeah, get a little bell, can, a basket. You could put a couple of baseball cards in the spokes and get a little, a little ring. I I don't even know. Like, I'm looking at the other pictures compared to that. What I'm is like, where does that come out? Like, where is that located? What the hell is that? Thing? <laughs> It looks like an extra screw that they forgot to take out of the picture. And it's like, but it does. Oh, oh, oh! It's wait, wait. Is it? Is there like a little thing inside the crack that pops down? Mm -hmm. I'm guessing so. The That's thing that drives that drives me nuts about this is it's still like all sort of space age and curvy and looks like a turret from Portal Two, but the new disc drive is super angular, so yeah. it sort of feels like it's a step in a more like like right angled direction, but it's not. You know, like I really kind of wish they'd gone something more just hard, like angular angles, not like all these weird space curves. It, the the PS5 controller, the DualSense, looking exactly the same as it as it should, sitting next to this thing just it makes it feel like, like when when one of your friends buys like a <laughs> clothes that don't really work for them, and you just kind of <laughs> sit there and be like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Like you, it's like when you invite them over and you invite them to an outing. It's like, all right, it's picture time. Like, well, guess you're gonna look like this in our pictures forever now. Yeah, Thanks, like dude. if 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 one of your friends was like, I'm a fedora guy now. You're like, all right, all right. I mean, well, the movie starts at seven, so we should leave, I guess. Um, that that kickstand looks like clip art of a guy spinning a basketball. It's just so it's so it's so weird because like I'm looking at the other one where the digital where you're attaching, they have the drive kind of pulled out. It doesn't look where like there's anything there. Like, no, what is Jada? What is that thing? Like it does look like if you look at the, <laughs> the I don't know. If you look at the 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 digital like one pulled apart where they're adding the drive, it looks like there's like maybe a little clasp or something that you can open from the top half. Yeah. So maybe it's like hidden in there. It's and a secret how, coin bank. You, you can put all your quarters in there, and then if you please are don't extra put quarters good, or any coins in your place. You can jam baseball kids. cards in there, much like a bicycle, <laughs> and it will make a cool noise like a motor. <laughs> red, red. Okay. Can we can we can we zoom in on on this little finger? 
Is there any way we can get an enhance on this on this uh, little kickstand? This has got to be is... thrilling, thrilling radio for all of the. Because I, I just, I, I, I want us, I want us to get a look. Because I've never seen anything like this on a video game console before. And Sony historically has, you know, they, they, they make really slick looking hardware. But this, this generation has just been. Wait, look at that little nub. What is that thing? <laughs> okay. Oh, it appears uh, yeah. to be. Is it clear plastic? Because that makes it look like a real bargain. Oh, oh man, I really it hope it's. It could be. I thought it was metal at first, but now okay. looking at close up, it okay. looks like it could be clear plastic. I don't want to be too negative on this. Yes, no, that's not sure. true. I, I, we can keep being negative about this for forty-five minutes, but I, we, we do have. Okay, I know you just did. We, I already have a PS Five. This, 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 okay. this, this is not a pro model. This is more money for a okay, clear so thing. I, this was me changing the subject. But there's lots <laughs> more to make fun of, including the lineup of movies that are coming to PlayStation Plus. We'll get to that in just a second. But we do also want to say some nice things about PlayStation, which we're going to get in a second. We have a bunch yes. of very nice fond memories of a different PlayStation from a long time ago when we were all happier. The PlayStation yeah. Two have a little kickstand on which it. Turned it turned 23, and contrary. To the words of Blink-182, people do love you when you're 23. We'll get to that in a second. But first, I want to talk about the movies that are coming to PlayStation Plus. This was a big old sort of surprise announcement, uh, a nice little subtle value added. Uh, you know, they, they widely publicized the price increase that was coming, but they didn't actually tell us what it was for. Apparently what it's for is uh, access to a curated selection of up to, but not exceeding, I guess, 100 movies that you can stream on demand through the Sony Pictures Core as part of your membership. And uh, there are certainly some movies on this list. Admittedly, there are some on here that I want to watch, but they're mm -hmm. ones that are like weird old forgotten things that most people don't want to watch, such as 1995's Screamers, starring Peter Weller about screaming aliens on like a prison planet that I remember the trailer scared me in third grade and I want to uh -huh. go back and see what it's about. Most people don't want to watch that movie. Uh, Looper is on there. The, uh, the, uh, Anacondas with more than one of them, multiple yeah. snakes. You can actually you can get a full list uh, view of the collection if you head on down to Walmart and you look at the five dollar DVD bin. This is um, this is like some this is some five dollar DVDs right here. They have Sniper, yeah. Sniper Three, Sniper Reloaded, Sniper Ultimate Kill. They have uh, several Starship <laughs> Troopers sequels, but not Starship Troopers. They have Boondock Saints Two, All Saints Day, but no Boondock Saints. Uh, they have all the Kingsmen, which is not part of the Kingsmen series. Uh, they have uh, Barney's version, which is not part of the Barney series. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Barney's Barney's Kingsmen. There's, there's they're also... not they're not related. They're two different two different films. All the Kingsmen is uh, some historical thing, and uh, Barney's version is Paul Giamatti being, I think, problematic. I don't know. Uh, they've got <laughs> Black Dynamite. Not, not the per this is Blue not the Thunder. purple dinosaur. No, not the purple dinosaur. Yeah. It's uh, no. Uh, the fifth element. There's some cool stuff on here. There's admittedly yeah. stuff that I, you know, you there's, probably should. Yeah. There's the King's Glaive Final Fantasy 15, so you can finally get the full story of Final Fantasy 15 if you yeah. missed that anime movie thing. So mm -hmm. you can go and watch that and then play Final Fantasy 15. Mm -hmm. You can watch uh, um, the Final Fantasy The Spirits Within, find out what Dr. Oh, Aki, Aki Ross is up to on Earth, oh, that faraway <laughs> distant fantasy planet. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch on here. Uh, I, I I will say that I can understand why they didn't super duper publicize this list because it's kind of it's kind of some whatever additions you know for whatever the price increase for PS Plus was I don't think this is really this ain't it you know no uh huh hopefully uh, it's the first hopefully this <laughs> is the first of more to come I'm really hoping that this is just kind of like not, and not just like more movies I hope that we're getting 
Sony is looking into more value added propositions for at increasing that price of PS Plus. Like movies is just the first thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe there's they they're gonna throw in music. They've, maybe there's gonna be a deal with Spotify or something like that. Or sure. I mean, Johnny Mnemonic is on there. I recommended that a couple episodes ago. So go check there that out if you haven't. Uh, and there's Resident Evil Damnation and Vendetta. Those are separate things. They just Damnation and Vendetta. <laughs> Real residents of evil in here. Uh, yeah, so that's that's that news. That's out there. If you want to watch movies on your PlayStation, instead of just playing on it, you can play some movies instead. Let's say some nice things about PlayStation. Yes, let's talk please. about some, let's say some, fo some fond memories. Um, yeah, Jada, you went in the, the Beyond Facebook group and you got a bunch of wonderful uh, contributions from our dear, lovely listeners. Some memory cards, if you will, about that wonderful old PlayStation 2. Uh, which is probably, I feel like it's now, that console is now old enough to have memories of a console itself and be nostalgic because it's in its, in its twenties. Uh, what are, what do we got? What do we got? What's a good one? Yeah. So I'll, I'll start off with one, uh, because, uh, she mentioned a game that I very much loved during my time with the PS2. Uh, but, and I, I apologize if I mispronounce your name, but Ikra Asad Khan. Um, I absolutely love Final Fantasy X-2 on the PS2 as a teenager. My father saw a PlayStation game with three girls on the cover and grabbed it for his daughter. I love the magical girl tropes and the sphere changing. I didn't care that I hadn't played Ten. Who is this Titus guy that Yuna kept talking about? No idea. Yuna had two guns, which was totally badass, and she could change into a songstress and cast buffs and debuffs with the power of song and dance. That's all I cared about. I got two light-up bubble guns, guns as an adult. And I hold them the way Yuna, does, Yuna holds the tiny bees when I run with them. Um, I think I will channel my inner badass Yuna forever. I, you know, there's a lot of things you can say about Final Fantasy X-2. Uh, but I freaking loved this game. And I thought, I think that the, the dress sphere uh, battle system is one of the more creative battle systems that they've ever done in a Final Fantasy game. The fact that you get these different, like, uh, cards. I can't remember what they were called. I guess grids. Um, that you can slot in specific jobs. So it's like, oh, so I want to do Warrior. I want to do Dark Knight. I want to also have Mascot and all these other ones. And then mid-battle, as conditions change, you rotate between them mid-battle. You change jobs, and you get buffs for going through them. Like, it was such a cool and creative thing. And uh, I really, I'm really happy you got this game and that you fell in love with this, this one. It was just... Solid I have, I have questions about the bubble guns. I like that yes. she just was like, and I got bubble guns as an adult, and I used to do this when I run them. <laughs> and it's like, what? I don't. Hey. I have more questions about that. Maybe we should do a bubble gun podcast and see if I we can mean, get some follow-up. I mean, Akeem, Akeem a bubble, brought a bubble gun on the podcast last week. So Max. there's a precedent. So it's not that, yeah. There is that, a precedence, yeah. yes. Ryan, do you have any bubble, bubble guns? guns? I have bubble gum. Do you have bubble guns, though? I don't have any bubble guns, actually. Hmm. My, I, 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 my, my 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 child has a, a lot of bubble wands and and mm. bu bubble water or whatever it's called soap. But she goes for she goes for melee over ranged bubbles, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's you know I, <laughs> sure. I think bu bubble guns are cheating. I yeah, uh, yeah. I almost bought bubble gun a bubble gun for my cat because he loves bubbles. Um, little Atreus loves to chase bubbles, but I went for the stationary uh like kind of bubble machine, so I went like kind of industrial turret based with my bubbles. Fair enough. Um, yeah, good old tower defense. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, tower defense. Yeah. Um, let's see what else do we have? Uh, da -da -da -da. uh, Car Kevin Garaventa. I got my own PS2 after my college roommate showed me God of War, and I had to have one so I could play the whole game for myself in my room, as well as Shadow of the Colossus and Guitar Hero. Excellent picks. Excellent picks for the PS2 era. 
Uh, for Christmas, I took my PS2 home and had my younger brother, Tim, play the opening chapter of God of War on my parents' projector. I hope Tim was at least of, uh, you know, of age, because that was an immature game. Oh, it's... Um, <laughs> on the wall, Kratos measured about six inches while the main Hydra head was probably eight feet tall and shrieked with the full force of my dad's speaker system. All Tim could say was a single curse word when the Hydra screamed in Kratos's face at the start of the fight. I want to know what the curse word was. Um, he did not share that. Um, I did something similar with this back in high school. Um, I used to run the booth up in our for our theater plays, and I had we had a projector set up there. Um, with a like uh just like paper on the wall and so we'd, i'd set up consoles in there and we'd play games during in the booth while we were like rehearsing so in between light and sound cues because i knew all my stuff i was just like okay i'm listening for this line but i'm also playing sonic or playing whatever on my ps2 up in this booth um and then we also did that for uh which we call it uh our uh into after the the show our um gosh what do they call it it's been so long since i've Rap done party. One. Thank you, uh, rap party. My brain. Uh, during the rap party, we'd bring down the whole projector in the actual auditorium for the theater, and we'd play like Halo. And, oh man, that's uh, that's so uh, cool. Burnout and stuff on it, it was so much fun. Yeah, something um, I don't think we appreciate enough, and uh, you know, this is one of those things the kids don't know how good they have it. But t- TVs used to be small, you know. Yeah. Like I yeah. feel like like the small like the smallest TV you can get like as a flat screen is like unless you're going out of your way it's like something like 32 inches or whatever and that was like a that was like a decent sized CRT back in the day mm-hmm. and like a projector was nuts that was unheard of like it was wild to have something that big in your house playing games on it and I also loved that like uh saying that oh yeah like Kratos was only six inches tall and I was like it's not a very big projector and then I remembered that like yeah in the old games he was like you know yeah, they would kind of scale it out. Mm-hmm. But now he takes up like a quarter of the screen because he's just lumbering around and right in the right in front of the camera, just down in front there. Yeah, uh, yeah, no freaking good old old God of War. What were your guys's? Uh, you guys have PS2 memories? Yeah, I uh, mean, I, I was thinking about this uh, before the show, and like when I think about like my favorite PS2 memory, the first thing that pops in my head is Shadow of the Colossus. Mm. Like by far, it's just one of those games where I, I guess like. I knew I knew that like Sony was doing awesome awesome stuff first party because they were they always had been mm-hmm. um and I knew they could do like quirky goofy mascot platforming stuff and I knew they could do you know tactical stealth shooter stuff and all that but like I'd never really seen them do something that was like that kind of art house and prestige at the same time and mm-hmm. it as like a huge Zelda fan just completely connected with me. Like it felt like not, not that it like felt like grown up Zelda or something like that, but I think that like it tackled like uh, m- mature themes in a very different way than I'd ever seen a video game do before. Um, it handled death in a really interesting way in that like you quickly, you know, not, not, not necessarily to spoil such an ancient game, but like you quickly realized that like you were not necessarily the best person in the world to go around and, slaughter these uh colossus and they were these hulking incredible things like on a size and a scale i'd never really experienced in a video game before zelda had big bosses right it had giant spiders Mm -hmm. that fell down from the ceiling you know um you fought you know pig ganon and stuff like that but like these things were gigantic hulking puzzles and you climbed Mm -hmm. onto their backs and their bodies and they soared around and they screamed in agony as you stand stood you know stab them and stuff like that you you would 
stick blades into their heads and their skulls and their backs and they're they were covered in fur and like the mood the lighting the way everything came together in this game just had this like really distinct sadness to it and this mm -hmm. is a studio that like really like kept that theme going right like they yep. like eco did it um uh last, last guardian. guardian did it like they're they're just they're they're unmatched in terms of i think just like and i think like FromSoft came close with like bloodborne and stuff like that in terms of just like there's an there's an immense deep sadness to this game mm -hmm. and maybe that's not what you're looking for when you sit down to play a video game because video games are supposed to be fun and you're the hero well but in this really one is, it's like yeah. yeah it really is very deconstructed zelda in that it's yeah. like structurally mm -hmm. it's so much like the you know the, the first one where it's like take this it's dangerous to go alone that kind of thing and it just turns you loose in this you know big world and you got to go figure out what to do but uh yeah i mean it's it, it feels like you know when a fancy restaurant does like oh this is our deconstructed hamburger and it looks nothing like a hamburger and it's none of the yeah. charm of a hamburger <laughs> but it tastes sort of like a hamburger it's kind of like that where you know it's not you know it is that archetypal like boy saves the princess but it's also got all these like sad it's got these sad artsy themes to it yeah uh, no i mean you can look at that from like the, the color palette alone you can mm -hmm. be like oh this is very kind of muted or whatnot yeah. well like, i also love not... and I, I think this is specifically a ps2 thing but touching on like the a lot of our nostalgia is like through a crt darkly like it's very yeah. much like it there's that haze that so many of these games have which you know i think going back and playing old ps2 games not on a crt there's a certain level of like oh this doesn't look as good as i remember but there's also something added by you know playing it on a on not on a flat screen not in like a digital mm -hmm. resolution there's like a level of and i think like specifically like you know silent hill and shadow of the colossus both have like are both really good examples of like it kind of just like it blurred blurred the line somewhat literally mm -hmm. like it did a really good job yeah. of like kind of creating just an atmosphere uh and yeah i don't know i i yeah i think, I think it, like yeah you're you're completely spot on i think like some of it was sort of lost in translation when they remastered it and uh you know like the better graphics don't necessarily make for better visuals all the time like i think there was something like really beautifully minimalist about everything about this game from the the sort of facial animations to the world design in general was just kind of empty and vacant and that's what made the encounters feel so magical like you would occasionally mm -hmm. see like a bird or a lizard or something like that but then you'd turn the corner and see this thing that was the size of a skyscraper and you had to kill it and there I, there's just something about that that just gives me chills mm -hmm. because i don't I don't think anyone's ever truly recaptured that feeling and we've gotten a bunch of awesome open world games and great zelda games and great adventure games and stuff like that but like shadow of the Colossus is just such a special thing to me it is just intrinsically connected to the to the ps2 as a whole i remember playing mm -hmm. it with like one of my best friends at the time it was one of the last games we played together before he moved away um and i just yeah i just love it it's just a really special really magical game for me so yeah thank you to the ps2 for for giving me that it's so crazy that that they pulled that off on the ps2 just in general um a little bit on the the happier kind of crazier kind of things that i didn't even know about um from michael ham uh playstation 2 is the first console i ever bought wholly with my own money uh that wasn't from a pawn shop um uh, shout out to pawn shops out there so i got my copy of ocarina of time um i saved up my summer work money to get gran turismo 3 bundle so i could hear snoop dogg rap about having a pt cruiser in the game <laughs> this is a real thing i listened to the track after seeing this comment uh, yep. thank you for sharing this with me because that is was wild i forgot about this or didn't 
know about this. I think this is the um, most fun anyone's ever had with Gran Turismo or a PT Cruiser. That's like really... <laughs> <laughs> like, just wild. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half-Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, and then uh, Calvin AG or Calvin Ag. Uh, Christmas 2001, the original Metal Gear Solid quickly became one of my favorite games of all time, and I absolutely could not wait to play the sequel. When I came home from college, all I wanted to do was play it. I said hi, a quick hi to my family, shut my bedroom door, and spent the next three days eating, breathing, and thinking about Metal Gear Solid 2. The twists, the turns, the insanity of that game is something I will never forget for better and for worse. Mm. Um, Max, you're a big Metal Gear fan, Yeah, right? this is this this thing that Calvin's describing is very specifically, uh, probably, that's probably where my my fondest PS2 memories lie. The the summer leading up to MGS2 coming out, and like, I, I it's hard to point to a game, it's definitely like very rare for a game to make such a massive technological and stylistic leap between entries like this. Uh, I mean, the first one is basically like a, you know, somewhat 3D isometric thing with some cinematic angles. And this one has like some absolutely bonkers systems in it. Like just there's so much detail. Like, I mean, the, you know, technologically speaking, the graphics are just miles, miles ahead. 
Uh, and then there's this like, there's so much, so many like weird little, you know, Kojima-esque details. And I think it was so much because the first one was, you know, a huge success stateside. And then they were like, yeah, here's your, here's your blank check, go nuts. And yeah, this one's divisive, obviously. I think, you know, Snake Eater's the, the one that people typically gravitate towards, but this one is just so, so, so special, like so out there. And I think it also like, not to get, not to get too weird about it, but like, its whole thing about like questioning reality and just the in nature of information warfare, which is especially relevant in this day and age, was really, really, really heavy a couple months after 9-11. Like, mm -hmm. it was a very, I mean, this is a game where they had to change the ending because it originally ended with Arsenal gear crashing into downtown Manhattan. Uh, and they just had to kind of comp that out uh, last minute, so. It was weirdly uh, mm -hmm. omnipotent in, in a yeah. lot of ways, like. I think what you just said too about the just the sheer technical leap between mm -hmm. MGS one and two, like we don't we don't get that anymore unless a franchise takes a couple of generations off and returns. Mm -hmm. Like it is it is extremely rare. Uh, I mean, look at like the PlayStation sequels now, right? We have like Spider Man, we've got Horizon, we've got God of War. Like these are mm -hmm. these are these are games that level up. Like you know the the new Horizon, Ragnarok, Spider Man two, like. They level up, but they they do they are not leaps on this level. Like this is just well, you could say you could say going from like God of War three and Ascension to God of War twenty eighteen kind of was that on that same kind of level. Oh, but for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But it's not as common. Like to mm -hmm. that point, like your point, Brian. It's not as common. We don't also not as much. not as mechanical in that sense. And this one, yeah, for sure. like the first one, you could go into first person and like look around. But in this one, there was suddenly like first person shooting, which was something you know. It, we take it for granted now, but that was something that console games still hadn't quite figured out at that point. I think mm -hmm. like, you know, Goldeneye had done it. There was still like, it's, you know, weird strafing controls. Um, yeah, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't walk and shoot at the same time, uh, which is definitely makes it hard to go back to. There's, you know, there's the, the master collection coming out pretty soon. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to have that weird, like kind of awkward putting on clothes that don't fit feeling of just like jumping back yep. into this and trying to play it like a modern game. But yeah, the, um, uh, you know, it's it's a again weird game, kind of divisive. Definitely like a lot of infamous bait and switch in terms of who you play as. And I, I you know, I rolled with that. Um, I still don't love riding, but it's <laughs> it's a thing. I love I love Snake, but uh, yeah, I was I was literally thinking about this just like earlier today. Think about how cool Fortune was as a boss. Um, I'm doing I'm doing like Inktober the, like drawing thing on Instagram, and like the theme today is Fortune, and I was like. Man, Fortune kicked ass. Like it was yeah. just she was like a woman with a railgun who would just like sh show up in like a bathing suit and Doc Martens and a trench coat. And her power was she was lucky, I guess. Like it was like a domino thing, I think, where she just mm. bullets would just you know people's guns would backfire if they tried to shoot her or whatever. And like just I don't know. Yeah, the, the my my personal hype leading into that game is one of those things that will never like never be topped. And it maybe. I don't know, maybe the finished product didn't quite deliver what I wanted, but it was something entirely different that will always stick with me. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I've known you for a long time, Max, and this is like one of those games that like, I just connect with you. I just identified Metal Gear Solid 2 with you. Like I, uh -huh. I've, I've heard you talk about it so often, like you, you deeply care about it. And it's like, it's ancient at this point, you know? It's, it's like the way I talk about Resident Evil 4, which also came to PS2, but like, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where it's, it's not just because the game was special. It was also a time and place about, uh, you know, the leading up to the launch, like 
reading all the information about it, like looking at, you know, pouring over little screenshots in game magazines and on IGN 64 or whatever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I had the, uh, the issue of, um, PSM with like the Joe Casada cover with like a yeah. totally weird off model snake fighting Olga and like, you know, the screenshots from the E3 presentation. And then I was, you know, sneaking off to my summer camp's computer lab to look at extremely low res screenshots on IGN.com. Like it's one of those things mm-hmm. just kind of baked into my, uh, my gaming DNA or what have you. And it's like right back to the, you know, CRT TVs of just sort of like your brain is doing a lot of filling in the blanks. Oh yeah. The Olga, Olga Gerlukovic on a CRT TV is a, is a, a, as far as you can tell, there's no uncanny Valley there. That is just a, right. It's just a, a living, human breathing woman. human woman. Yep. <laughs> Armpit hair and everything. Yep. <laughs> um, and I got one other one, uh, Ryan, I me. Uh, I remember spending many nights at my friend's house, staying up well into the night, playing SmackDown or Madden. Uh, one time in particular, though, I remember breaking my friend's PS2 because he had it on the top shelf of his entertainment center in his room. And I went to step over the records, over the cords of our controllers, on, and my foot caught on one, and it sent the system crashing down to the floor and ruined the rest of our night. Sounds like you laid the SmackDown on that PS2 and really maddened your friend. <laughs> my not, God, Max. Not not to be all like kids today. We used to walk up hill both ways in the mm-hmm. snow, you know, with ice skates or whatever. But uh, man, yeah, a lot of you young, who are younger really don't know how common it was to accidentally rip a video game system out of an entertainment center or mm-hmm. off of the top of the TV or shoot it across the floor because... You or your friend was playing a game, holding a controller, and one of you would just like jolt or yep. like a dad. Like, would I gotta walk use, in I gotta or... run to the bathroom or I, I forgot to oh I forgot to take out the trash. Gotta go. Yep. And just <laughs> And it, and like then you you would lose your progress because it wasn't like baked into the cloud. It was just like li- literally like mm-hmm. a you know, a yeah, spinning we, we, disc. We take for granted like wireless controllers being something you can run in front of without destroying property. And also mm-hmm. uh solid state hard drives. Uh, I mean, the PS2 didn't even have a hard drive. It had a spinning disc, which I'm sure was even worse if you dropped it. It would just go. Yeah, I mean, remember there was like consoles like the 360, where if you move the console while the game was in it, put a nice little ring on your disc. Oh, right? yep, yep. And you, yeah. could, you could do this weird, you know, like Cronenbergian thing where you wrapped it in like a, a towel and it would live another week. <laughs> and then yeah. They would mail a coffin to you and you'd mail it back and like they somehow remember- dodged... There were those like lawsuit. they sold those things that were like disc repair kits, and it yeah. looked yep. like a label maker with like a c- yep. part of a fan on it, and you would yep. push, put stuff on it. But the people were like you could do the same thing with toothpaste, and you're like, I'm gonna get toothpaste out, rub it all over my yeah. PlayStation <laughs> games. Like, what could yep. go wrong? I mean, that we were we were ragging on the list of uh, DVDs coming into PlayStation Plus before, <laughs> but the fact that the PS2 was a DVD player was yep. like, like I okay, like it is it is so hard to express how fascinating and powerful and incredible it was to not only get a brand new video game console, but one that also doubled as a brand new medium to watch movies in a way you'd never, in a quality you'd never seen them before. Another thing we just won't get anymore. Cause like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like they just, you know, we, we started the show talking about a digital only PS5 that you can buy a disc drive for and at no point was I thinking like, oh, you know what I can't wait to do with that disc drive is like watch, you know, Anacondas on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like no. on DVD. But like back then, like the whole idea of like getting a new medium, like, and it's, you know, we got it a little bit with like, uh, you know, 4K discs and we got it 
way less with UMDs. But mm -hmm. they, like that just doesn't happen anymore. Like in the, the yeah. digital future we're heading towards now, like you get a new console and it just, you know, like my, you know, your switch has uh, Hulu on it or whatever. I don't even think it has Netflix. And then like your, your, your PS5 has a bunch of streaming apps. Maybe you, you know, have a Blu-ray collection for it. But like, those are all known quantities. This was like, you could get a DVD player that could play Resident Evil 4. Yeah, because like the uh, the PS One didn't play DVDs or I think you could listen it to CDs. Like so, yeah, it like, was yeah, you could listen to CDs a, and music, but it played CDs. And one thing was that the, I think the RCA out was like a big deal at the time because yeah. you could hook it up to like a legit mixer or whatever Speaker. Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I I don't know about you guys. I love my PS Two, but yes, Brian, hundred percent to your point. Like when you bought a PS Two, it literally was like a home entertainment system. It wasn't just a gaming console. And yes, the newer consoles have been more of that and they're kind of leaning towards it. But it it's not it's more for granted now than it was back then, because back then it meant something because you could convince your parents, uh, for those of us that were younger during that time, they're like, hey, we get this. We can also watch movies on it. Like, it's not just for me to play games. Granted, I never allowed anybody else to watch movies on it unless yeah. I was watching a movie because that was meant for my game time. Um, but I love my PS2. I spent a whole summer mowing lawns and doing chores and doing everything saving i had saved up birthday money and uh got i used to get uh like rewarded for straight a's in school so i'd get a little bit of money from that and i saved it all up for the ps2 that summer um or that that summer before the ps2 and bought my ps2 on my own um and i freaking just love that thing to death i got uh, my dad bought me the bouncer with it which is one of those guilty pleasures of games. Yep. I love the bouncer. It is not the best game that Square Soft. I believe this was before the Square Enix merger. That was um, Square Hard. Square... That was for punching people, doing <laughs> bouncing. Square was definitely actually. I think Square actually was Light Punch Max. Um, oh, man, we just really <laughs> doubled down on that. Just kept going there. That, um, both of you, round of applause. That was an incredible back and forth. <laughs> Good one-two um, punch. But, but yeah, I got like the bouncer, and I think. Um, I get Jack. I think I got the first Ratchet and Clank, and like, I freaking loved. I it, like it just really opened up my world for gaming. Um, like before that, I had the sixty four. Mm -hmm. Um, I had skipped the PS one. Um, just because that's what my parents bought. I told the N sixty four N sixty four story on NVC a couple weeks ago when we talked to our memories of the N sixty four. So go check that out if you want to hear how much jerks my parents were when buying me an N sixty four. It was great. Right. It was a wonderful Christmas. Um, but yeah, I love my PS two and. The only thing I didn't have at the start, though, was a memory card because, again, kids take for granted that your memory is installed in your console already. We had to buy separate memory cards back in the day. And, uh, yeah, and they so would die. I, they would they occasionally would, die and you would lose everything. Didn't PS2 uh, need its own? It needed like new ones as opposed to the PS1 or something? Or could yes, you? Yes, correct. You yeah. could use the PS1 memory cards on the PS2, but they would only save files for PS1 games. That's right. So you had to have specific ones for that um yeah so but yeah i love my ps2 that I, like i'm sad i still don't have it to this day because like it just died after like 15 20 years but i mean it survived quite a long time yeah, i've, I've thought about i thought out. about buying a, one of those little slim ones just to have in my office if i want to yeah you know, yeah ps2 or play, watch dvds just something that uh gave me like immense nostalgia the other day it, it, speaking on what we were just talking about somebody tweeted out a list it was like a uh if you just go on Twitter and you type in PS2 memory card, like the top thing that comes up is a PlayStation 2 save icon gallery. 
yeah it's just, i saw that it's God. awesome it's all these like low poly like there's the three-eyed mm-hmm. fish from the simpsons simpsons there's you know rayman there's like a Mega Man helmet there's just like a you know like a <laughs> a ratchet <laughs> like, yep like and every one of, of these games like, yeah and some of them were like animated and moved and stuff yep. when you looked at them which was really cool and other ones were just like little squares or whatever yeah and um, like, like i think kingdom hearts was like a rectangle it was a really Sora's cool face. like a like collectability uh concept to that like an aspect to it that mm-hmm. i really liked that it felt like a little like you had a you know a bunch of to- little toys in a box every time you would look at your memory card that, that, and it just like really illustrates like this was absolutely and they haven't really let up since but like this this was playstation and all their third parties truly firing on all cylinders for the first time like this was a this was mm-hmm. a console that had like you know not at the same level but it had like uh like 3d platformers like the n64 did and it had jrpg jrpgs like the n64 didn't like and it got it got shooters it got you know it wasn't the most technically impressive console like there were obviously others at the time that were doing certain things better than you know in terms of like shaders or whatever but like who cares like this this was one of those systems that got every single game that was worth getting at the time with rare exceptions of like a few first party games coming to the competitors like xbox hadn't really gotten to a point yet where they were like you know an absolute serious threat and nintendo i would argue had like stumbled a little bit like and i and i you know i love the 360 i love the gamecube and stuff like that i i think that we got like some like really awesome libraries there um gamecube and 360 were like original xbox during this time but yeah 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 like um which you know a lot of those systems were doing things like more impressively uh, stronger and stuff like that but like the the ps2 just got a library that was unmatched and the sales showed like people were buying people like this the you know the attach rate for software on this thing was through the roof like people would buy a ps2 they'd buy a ton of movies they'd buy a ton of games and they were set and like it's 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 just so if you look at the library, like you look up a list of like the top 100 PS2 games and like that, that system got every game worth getting. Like, yeah, that's a know, really, like, that's a funny mm-hmm. thing to do to look at sort of like the, the best games per system and like how deep that bench is. And like PS2 is, just keeps going. You look at something like, I don't know, like Game Boy or Game Boy Advance and it's like, there's some really good stuff at the top and then there's a lot of shovelware. Like there's a yeah, lot of yeah. stuff that just, it falls off pretty quick, but yeah. yeah. PS2 is yeah, one of those ones that's pretty hard to, Mm-hmm. yeah it's libraries was just massive like if there was you couldn't throw a rock in a game store and find something that wasn't at least decent yeah on the PS2. you shouldn't be show, throwing like, rocks in game stores anyway though that's you probably frowned shouldn't. upon yeah that's that'll yeah. get you kicked out of gamestop <laughs> anyway just pulling up i was gonna real quick pulling up uh like the top 10 on ign's best ps2 list we've got a war at 10 okami at 9 final fantasy 10 silent hill 2 metal gear solid 2 Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which is like, we just talked about the PS2 for like a half an hour. GTA was like, again, one of those things. Oh, like, man. G, G, PS2 is where you play GTA games. Resident Evil 4, Shadow of the Colossus, Metal Gear Solid 3, and GTA San Andreas. Like, just, that's just the top 10. And you could you could go up to 50, 100 if you wanted to. Like, there's just so many good games on that system. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now, while we're talking about big, huge open world games, we were all kind of just, you know, chatting like we do without microphones and cameras involved about underrated open world games. And I figure we could go around and share just a couple of those real quick. Uh, Jada, I think you have the correct answer here. What is it? Oh, 100%. I have the correct answer. And anybody who disagrees can tune off of this podcast forever. Um, no, just <laughs> kidding. I my, my open world game of choice that's underrated is Sleeping Dogs. This game 
is just it's it's a masterclass in open world gameplay and all the side events feel are feel wonderful the story is awesome the action the minute to minute gameplay is fantastic the story is solid there's so many cool little quirky weird things that you'd get in like a yakuza game or uh you know grand theft auto's like weirder stuff that you get in those um it really kind of echoed that true crime uh games we used to get back in the day like but up another notch yeah. like it just it's one of the earlier games that used some of the like uh takedowns and environmental takedown stuff so that was PS, so good PS, like yeah this was this began just... as, as true crime hong kong and then it got dumped yeah. by activision scooped up by square enix we got this phenomenal game that probably should have just been called the most underrated open world game of all time because i feel like more people would have bought that than a game called sleeping dogs which sounds like some nintendogs knockoff or something uh, <laughs> but yeah this game is so good uh anybody who hasn't checked it out like keep an eye out it is regularly like five bucks on sale jump on oh, it man, yeah. roll the dice give it a shot the dlc is also phenomenal there's one whole thing that's basically like thriller divided by big trouble in little china which is you fight hopping vampires very cool it's uh, so wild i love it brian what's your underrated open world game um, same thing as I did before when uh, I was thinking about PS2 games, but like when when you asked me the question, I I went with the first game that popped in my head, and I'm sticking with it, uh, the Saboteur. And yeah. okay, I I feel like this game is like truly truly slept on, and also like you, I don't even know if you can buy it anymore. Like Sleeping Dogs is regularly on sale. I don't think you can buy the Saboteur. Like I don't I think you can open it. up the like the digital shops or on, on any of these consoles. Um, maybe it's still on Steam. Um, but this game launched in 2009. It was uh, one of those, you know, a, a company outside of Rockstar is trying to make an open world crime game and they're trying to take their own spin on it. And the story here is that you are basically in like a Nazi occupied France and everything is black and white and, uh, and red. But by uh, kind of clearing out zones and uh, doing story stuff and taking over uh, districts and restoring them to once they what were, you literally bring color back into the world. Um, there's also a lot of like uh, uh, burlesque stuff in this game. Okay, yeah, I was and gonna ask, what, was what are we? There, yeah, there's, this, there's, there's, uh, this, uh, this is not children. Your eyes. Favorite this game, is this but... one was uh, <laughs> this one was uh, notable because it had DLC where you could pay to remove the the uh the tops for the burlesque in the wow, burlesque that's right. that's it was right. like yeah okay if you wanted what? nudity like you could pay for that yeah in this honestly um there should be like a subreddit or a support group or both for anyone who did that um show yourselves <laughs> uh you know like I, I that should be public knowledge but otherwise like traversal in this game was awesome because it had like the climbing of an assassin's creed but like the carjacking and the shooting of like a gta game Right, like Ezio is great, and I, you know, I, I love, I love, I love Assassin's Creed games. Those guys don't get guns and they don't steal vehicles. Really, I, every now and then you get a horse, but like that's about it. But I remember, like, my, one of my favorite things about this game was eventually, like, you start getting really powerful and really good, and you could take over Nazi uh, turrets and use them against, uh, like, uh, basically, like, you know, airfare and stuff like that. And anyone who was coming at you. Uh, you could take down. So I remember just like being camped on a roof and just <laughs> shooting down Nazi planes for like an entire afternoon. And people would kind of try to climb up to kill me and I'd kill them. And it was just like a full <laughs> hour and a half of me just being like, I'm killing it. I'm taking down everybody in this town. And it was like, the story was super fun. It's just like really, really slept on open world game. It had a lot of great ideas and I guess also nudity. And um, it sucks that you can't buy it now. And also, yeah. if you if you bought that DLC to show the boobies, you should you should uh, you have to tell everybody what your name is 
and and put a picture of yourself. You have to online. disclose that. All right. In so all future friendships. Not not sure not sure how to uh, transition from that, but uh, I like Lego Marvel superheroes a lot. I think that's a very good open world game. Uh, the, oh, yeah. Lego, the later Lego games kind of they mess around with like larger hub areas, and obviously the missions are kind mm-hmm. of in their own little sections. As a longtime Marvel fan, this is I still think one of my favorite Marvel games ever because it managed to sidestep the weird crappy politics between like Fox and Disney and who owned rights to which. And it's like you can have uh you know you can have Captain America and Venom and Wolverine all hanging out together and they're not you know worried about you know whose divorced parents want them for which weekends. And it's mm-hmm. uh it's got some I mean it's it's there's stuff in here that made me hope that we were getting Lego sets of it. I think there's rumors they're gonna do an Xavier's mansion, which I would probably spend a bunch of money on but this is a super fun super cute little game um just really really good balance of like hey you know classic throwback uh you know marvel references but also you know it's it's a it's a it's a lego game you know you kind of know what to expect they do a good job with Mm -hmm. that uh and i just yeah i i remember like i i I didn't platinum it but i was very tempted because it has some really funny ones where it's like it's like like trans transform into the Hulk enough enough to, or it's like transform as Stan Lee into the Hulk or something I forget exactly but it, <laughs> they do some playful stuff in there uh, and it's yeah it 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 covers a lot of bases that the I don't know the the, the second one didn't touch uh, because they cut out a bunch of the Fox owned characters and it uh, I feel like was way more comics oriented than like the the Marvel's Avengers Lego game which was just tying into the movies which felt kind of like one dimensional in that sense but this is like there's Moon Knight Moon Knight's in it. You kids mm-hmm. love Moon Knight, don't you? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Lego Marvel superheroes. That's a really fun one. Uh, people love to throw around the world underrated, but you know, it, it basically just means the the one that you don't think gets enough love. And those are yes. some that we underappreciated. Underappreciated. Hey everyone, it's Red the Producer just hijacking the podcast real quick, just to say, um, one of the most underappreciated open world RPGs out right now is um Dragon's Dogma, Dark Arisen. That's getting a sequel soon, and you should totally play it if you haven't already. It's a good mix of Monster Hunter and Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, yeah, really good. Um, so, yeah, gotta go. Uh, beyond. Now, on that note, we should probably wrap things up. We've had a good time here today. Uh, next week, we will be talking all about Marvel's Spider-Man 2. We're gonna have Simon Cardi come on, talk about his review. Uh, that'll be going up a little bit early. What is it? Monday morning? Monday yeah. at 7 a.m. Monday at Spider-Man o'clock. That'll be up. So set, mark your calendars. Check it out. We're going to try to keep things nice and spoiler free. And then the following week, we will do a big old spoiler cast. So you have time to play the game yourself. And then you can jump in and join the conversation with us. Uh, but on that note, we all got to go do some web slinging and wall crawling and get some pictures of Spider-Man on my desk for J. Jonah Jameson at the Daily Bugle. Anyway, yeah. Thank you for watching and beyond. 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 Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.